Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information on the Crux Ministry and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. like god what is what what's the summer what is the thing this year uh, this summer that we really want to go after and focus as a smaller family this summer and i felt like he said my spirit so i felt like he said the uh, summer of the spirit and, and it, it seems totally different because it's not like one attribute it's it's the person of the holy spirit and i felt like this summer, my heart was really, what if we just go after the Holy Spirit? What if we try to understand Him? What if we pursue Him? What if we, uh, as a family, we, we ask the hard questions, you know? We, I, I have yet to really hear a, a sermon in, in church about breaking down all of the spiritual gifts. How do you use them? How do you walk in them? Uh, asking the hard questions like, yeah, that, that, that gift of tongues is really creepy. What do we do with that? <laughs> you know, and talking about it, right? Because I remember me, I was raised Baptist. I was raised as conservative as you could pretty much get, but I really loved the Lord. And when I met the Holy Spirit for the first time, like really started to encounter him, it really freaked me out, you know? So, but I so badly wanted him in my life. And so I said, well, let's have a summer where we just go after understanding the Holy Spirit. That we go after his heart, but we also go after where is he in the scripture, and we go after uh, just all that. So does that sound cool? And I'm really excited, so I'm going to speak tonight. Tonight's going to be more of a teaching, because I really felt that my heart, especially with my Baptist roots in me, uh, was very much where is it in the scripture? Where is Holy Spirit in the scripture? And breaking that down. So tonight's going to be much more kind of teaching, breaking things down, and I'm hoping we can do it and then get to kind of at the end where we just invite the Holy Spirit to come, and maybe for those who have never really felt the Holy Spirit before, I wanted to give you an opportunity to come forward, and we just pray that you would encounter the Holy Spirit, however he wants to encounter you. That's what changed my life was a moment where someone called me up and said, let's just wait for the Holy Spirit to talk to you. My whole life changed in that moment, and so I want to give that opportunity to maybe one or two people tonight, or all of you, whoever wants it, to say, I want, I want to encounter the Holy Spirit. So, but first I kind of want to just break down things about him so that for me, when I see it in scripture, it creates a safety to say, it's okay to encounter because I see it in the word of God. Does that make sense? A lot of times people, they go after the Holy Spirit, but they don't explain things in scripture. And it's always a little bit hard for me sometimes because they'll just say something. The Holy Spirit does this and they won't really always back it up. And then it's really hard for me. And I really had to dive into scripture to see where the Holy Spirit was. So that's why tonight might be a little more teachy. Next week, Pastor Andrew's going to come in and he's specific. Yep. And he's specifically, the one thing I said, I want you to go after is go after the baptism of the Holy Spirit and encounter of the like fire of God, Holy Spirit, power of God. So tonight is going to be much more breaking down the word and then kind of just where is he, all that stuff. And then next week is full on. Let's just go after encounter with him. Okay. So it's going to be super fun. You all know Pastor Andrew. That's like his, that's his bread and butter, right? He's going after that. So it's going to be awesome, okay? Um, but does that sound good, guys? Yeah? And then there's some other guest speakers we're going to bring in this summer from not, who aren't, aren't normally in the church that I think will be really fun as well. So, um, so but anyway, guys, uh, so first off, can I tell you guys a story real quick? This story is about one of my best friends. It's not Dominic, though, in this story. I'm sorry, even though he is in most of my, my stories. Uh, but no, no, this story. So this happened actually when I was in China. For those who don't know, I lived in China for two months. And 
there was this time, some of you already know this story. These guys probably do. But basically, I was in China, and there was this, uh, I had this goofy, nerdy side of me where I just wanted to take pictures of things that looked like Pokemon uh, because it was China, and they were everywhere. And basically, there was this giant tower, and I was like, that is the coolest thing. That's where a Pokemon would be if it was real, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to go up there and get a photo and send it to my friends. So I went on a hike by myself, which is not a good idea to do, go by yourself on a hike in a foreign nation that you don't know how to get home. But I chose to go on a hike. And so I went on a hike and I was walking up this park to go to this tower. And uh, basically this woman all of a sudden walks out. She was probably in her 60s. And then she had a daughter that was maybe in like her early 20s. Okay. But they're obviously from the area, locals there. And the mom's saying things to me in Chinese. And I say, I... I don't know what you're saying. You know, I don't speak so Chinese, sorry. And the daughter has really broken English. And so she just says to me, my mom wants, look, and I'm kind of paraphrasing because I can understand because it was really broken. But she said, basically, my mom wants to know if we can walk with you. And so I said, sure, I'm going to that tower. <laughs> and they say, cool, we'll go with you. And, and we're talking, and it was really weird because the, the mom would say something, and you could tell the daughter was really uncomfortable. She'd go like, kind of the universal, like, mom, like, I don't want to say that. And then the mom would kind of push her and be like, say it, say it. You could tell, right? So then she'd look at me and say, my mom says you're really handsome. <laughs> and, then, and, then the, and then the mom would say something else. And she'd, my mom, mom says your eyes beautiful, you know, things like that. And then it started to get, if that wasn't weird, it started to get really weird. My mom say she wants American son. And then it's, okay. My mom says, and then there's one that was really like daughter turned red and was like, I'm not saying that mom. And then the mom, like, you're going to say it, right? And then she's like, mom says she wants me to marry American man, <laughs> right? And then, and then the mom slowly backed away and like, put, and like pushed her daughter close to me and we're walking just the two of us. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like the mom's trying to set us up right now, right? So the mom then comes to me, puts her arm around me like a good old Chinese mom and starts pulling me like in my, and the girl's like, mom says we go this way now. And I'm like, well, no, I want to go up there. And, and, and she's like, mom says we go this way. And she had me like, unless I full on get off of me, lady, you know, it, there's no way I was going to get away from her without, and, and they're like small, but they're dense or something. They're real strong. Like they're like, she was, she was strong, man. This lady, this, this old Chinese lady's pulling me and she's like, we go this way. And so I'm like, ah, oh. and, and the daughter's like, mom says you have lunch with us at, at our house. And I said, no, I have a team. I just meet them in like 20 minutes. Uh, and, and then she's like, mom says, no, you're not meeting them. You're going to come have lunch. And I'm like, I need to be with my team. They don't know where they are. Mom says it's time for lunch, you know? And they just pull, and she just pulls me. And so I was like, okay, fine. And so I end up going with them. And uh, I don't know where I am now. I'm completely lost. I don't know. We walk for like 20 minutes. Uh, we're going through alleyways, sketchy areas where there's no white people anywhere. It's just all Chinese people. They're staring at me too, like, how does this guy, where is, where is he doing here, you know? And, and we walk in and we go up into this little, smallest apartment I've ever seen. It's their home. The mom starts getting out all this food and I'm like freaking out. I'm like, dude, if I die here, if I get jumped, no one's gonna find me, you know? Like my team doesn't know where I am. Like there's no way they're ever finding me, right? So I'm super freaked out and I'm really nervous. And, and the mom just starts giving me all this food. 
And she's just like, eat, eat, eat. In that culture, it's super important. If they give you food, eat it and, and enjoy it. Otherwise, it's crazy disrespectful. Uh, but then it got any further. I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys here. I was, what, I was like 19. And uh, the mom comes out. And she has a bowl of alcohol, wine. And she puts it in my hand. She's like, best in our home. And she tries, and she gives it to me. And what do you do? You know what? And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I'm not, I don't drink. And she's like, drink. I'm like, I don't, I don't drink. It, like starting to tear up. This is the best in our home. Like this is our, this is the best that like, and you can tell this is like, it's hurting her to give this. This is the best thing they have. Right. And she's like, we save for special, like, and I'm like, and I've never even had, and I've never had alcohol before. I don't even know what it's going to taste like. And I'm like, and here I am a missionary to China. And I'm like, oh, and I take it and I take a sip and I'm like, and then she, she literally puts the cup. Yeah. And she puts the cup up to my mouth and I take a sip and then she like holds it. Uh, uh-huh, 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 right. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, and I hate every moment of it. Right. And the, the radio, the Chinese radio is on. It's like these ching chong chong songs. Right. And, and, and basically there's, there's this moment where I'm freaking out and I'm super scared and I'm like, don't even know if I'm buzzed or not. I'm like, what's going on? I don't know. Right. And, and, and then all of a sudden I just say, Holy spirit, please show me if you're here or not. Like I was really scared. I was a really young guy, really scared. I said, Holy Spirit, please show me if you're here. Like I'm really scared. The radio went from this crazy Chinese song. All of a sudden in that moment, the, the radio song changed. And have you guys ever seen Prince of Egypt? Do you know the song that there can be miracles? You know that song? When you believe, right? Remember that? That song comes on, on the Chinese radio station, right? Right? What in the world? Like, that's not even like in America on the radio randomly. On a Chinese radio station, a Chinese song gets interrupted, and the song There Can Be Miracles When You Believe comes on on the radio. Like, what? Right? And so, right, right when I said, Holy Spirit, please, if you're here, come. Like, please come. I'm really scared right now. And then, boom, the song changes. I don't know how to explain it, but I felt. Like it felt, I couldn't see anything. It, I, it was just normal, but it felt like a cloud all of a sudden was in the room. I could feel something. It was weird. And then the mom just starts tearing up all of a sudden. And, and I just had this boldness in me and I grabbed my Bible and I opened it up to Psalms 23 and I said, I have a blessing for you and I want to read. And they couldn't even understand, like they didn't know what I was saying. But I just started reading, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. And, the, and I started reading it out over the house. And the mom just started trembling and started crying and crying and crying. And I'm sitting there and I just like hug this mom and this daughter who are totally crying. because the whole And they didn't even understand what was going on. Because they've never felt this before. And I didn't fully really know what was going on either. And then I, I didn't even know how to lead them to the gospel. I, I just said, Jesus loves you. Like, and they couldn't even, they didn't even really understand what I was saying. But all I know is Holy Spirit showed up in that moment. And then they put me in a car, a taxi, and they tell the driver something and he starts driving me away. And I'm like, I, and the mom's in the car with me. So I'm like, I hope we're going home. I don't know where we're going. And then, and then we get out of the car at the house Somehow she knew where I lived or something. I don't know. But we get out, and the car's there. And I get out. My team is searching for me, standing out there, looking around. And I get out of the car, and I have bags and bags of food and all this stuff. That, and the mom, Chinese mom is crying. 
waving out the car, <laughs> going, my son, my son, crying and like driving away. And the team looks at me and I'm like three or four hours. They've been searching for me, no idea where I've been. And I'm holding all this stuff. They're like, where have you been? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it all happened so fast. And I was like, I thought I was in a house and, and they were feeding me alcohol. I think I might be drunk. I don't even know. Right? And, I'm like, <laughs> and I was like, and then, and then this radio song came on. And then I felt like the Holy Spirit was there. And they all just started crying. And I don't really, I don't even know what happened. <laughs> like, and it was this crazy moment when my best friend, Holy Spirit, showed up and bailed me out of a hard moment. So tonight I want to talk about the whole Holy Spirit, and I, and I, and I want to break down. I'm going to try to do something that's really uh, seemingly impossible, is to really focus in on the Holy Spirit. I, I think in a million billion years from now, we're still going to see the beauty of God and the mystery of how it all works, and we're still going to fall to our knees in worship. So I'm going to try on this side of eternity to best I can articulate a heavenly concept. So give me some grace as I try to describe this, but we're going to go after God and distinctly the Holy Spirit. You see, God, we know, and we've been saying, God, he's a triune God. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit in one God. And, and, and that's really hard to understand sometimes. It's really hard to be like, how does that logically work? And a lot of times we're like, you just need to have faith. It's not logic. But, but no, not really. You, we actually do see this all throughout creation, uh, creation. All of creation declares the glory of God. And so we see it. So is a three-leaf clover is it a plural object or is it one clover? It's three leaves and it's a clover. So tell me, is it three leaves or is it one clover? It's both. A chord is made with three notes. Is it one chord or is it three notes? Right? The color green, is it blue, yellow, or green? Right? <laughs> right? Like we see this all, the, a triangle is it one shape, a singular word, a triangle, or is it three distinct points? So we, we see this all over the place. All of creation declares the glory of God. We see it all. That's why the Trinity, they give it the triangle symbol, because it's one God, three distinct persons within this one God. We actually see this in the beginning, in the beginning. Genesis 1.1, it literally says, in the beginning, God. And the word for God is this word Elohim. Have you guys ever heard that word before? So Elohim, it, it, it means God, but it's almost the wrong word. Eloah is the Hebrew word for a singular God, one God. Elohim is a plural word, and it actually technically means gods. The only time it doesn't mean plural gods is when they're talking about the Hebrew God of Israel. They call him Elohim, and then they say, and all the other nations, Elohim means their gods, but our one singular God. Even the verse that says there's only one God. It says Elohim, which is plural. So in of that one word from the fourth word in the Bible, the second word in the Hebrew Bible, the word Elohim is a singular word, but has a plural meaning to describe one God. So from the get-go, even the original language shows that there's this one God who's multiple persons inside one God. And, and so... The Holy Spirit, we want to zoom in on him. It's kind of like you would have a greater appreciation 
for the color green if you learn more about blue and yellow and then how they work together to make green. You, if you really want to understand this chord, you focus in on that one note and learn a bunch about it, it's going to help the whole chord be, you know, come together, right? And so this summer, I really felt like we were meant to almost zoom in on one leaf of the clover, you know, zoom in on one uh, point on the triangle. And so, yes, we are going to study God this summer, but specifically the one person of God, the one person, the Holy Spirit within, like, does that make sense at all? And, and so my heart is that we would actually fall more in love with God, more in love with Jesus, more in love with the Father by actually studying the Holy Spirit and, and who he is. Because I don't know about you guys, but in the modern church, I, 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 for me, I wasn't raised in Summit. I was raised, like I said, in a Baptist church. And we really, we worship God the Father, we worship God the Son, and it was kind of like God the Holy Bible, in a lot of ways, like we we didn't really talk much about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we we talked, and I love the Bible. The Bible is the the word, you know, God's word. It's His letter to us. The Bible is the ultimate authority. Like if if anyone ever says to you, "But I had a dream, or I saw an angel, or some crazy happened," and it contradicts the Bible, like doesn't matter what it was, they're wrong. Like the like you know, the Bible is the final word. In Galatians, it actually says that even if I or an angel preaches to you gospel contrary to the one you first heard, let them be cursed. That tells me angels could even show up and preach a different gospel. They're probably demons, you know, but that makes more sense for Mormonism who claim an angel showed up, right? That makes more sense for the Islams who said an angel showed up and they all preach different gospel. And, and the Bible says, even if that happens, don't believe it if it contradicts the word of God. The word of God is the authority, right? However, the word of God was always meant to point us to God. It was not meant to be worshiped as God. It's his words. It's his letter to us. And so a lot of times we have forgotten about the Holy Spirit, almost to the point where, where when we study the Holy Spirit, we get freaked out. And just being honest in here, is there anyone else besides me who when, when you first started walking to a charismatic church, or you heard about the Holy Spirit, or you saw manifestations of the Spirit or through the Spirit, you were just like, cult like <laughs> like have you ever done that you look around you're like where's the punch i'm not drinking it like don't take any food they give you you know like you look around you're like this place is insane that's what i did the first time i saw these manifestations of the holy spirit or the gift of the holy spirit because i was like this is ridiculous this is insane this is not god this is a cult these people are crazy right and i really had to start to pursue and understand the Holy Spirit, to understand the heart of all those manifestations and things like that. But so often we kind of just say, well, you just need to have faith about those. And we don't really break them down and explain them. And so my heart is to say, what if we take the truth of the scripture and the, and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, because the two never contradict, they only point to each other. And what if we could study those together this summer and encounter the Holy Spirit, but also be people who understand the word of God? Because if you only study the Holy Spirit and you're not grounded in the word of God, you can get kind of weird really fast. You know, I've seen it. I've seen people and they're doing some creepy weird stuff in the, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And you're like, but that contradicts the word of God. And they say, yeah, but it's what the Holy Spirit told me to do. And you're like, and I can confidently tell you, he didn't say he didn't say that because <laughs> it contradicts the word of God. Like that would never happen. You know? Uh, yeah. I, I've just seen some stuff. I just, yeah. Anyway, but They'll never contradict each other is what I'm trying to say, okay? So let's study them, th them together, okay? So uh, the Holy Spirit, first we're going to go after who is he? 
And I'm just going to spitfire a bunch of verses at you. Look them up later. I'll read as much as I can, but for time's sake, I'll probably just go through them, okay? Are you guys doing okay with this? This is, every time when we say Holy Spirit, people are like, yeah, encounter, let's do it. But so often, we, they don't want to know the, the homework behind it, you know, <laughs> right? They want the joy of it, but not the ability to articulate it and explain it. And I want people to come to me, ask, why is that happening? And I can say, oh, well, in this verse, it says this. That's why it's happening. And it's safe for you to encounter because the scripture is your safety net, right? And so here we go. So there's a lot of misconceptions. I've heard so many people say, the Holy Spirit is kind of like the force in Star Wars. And you're like, no, no, he's not. Like I have yet to be able to pull lightsabers over. I can't do it, right? No, no, I can't, right? He's not, he's not really, right? And they think he's some mythical being like the Holy Ghost. Like, and they picture like, this creepy, kind of weird. They're like, they picture, oh, you're a good, good father. Oh, Jesus, my husband. And this holy ghost, like Casper thing that comes in and is creepy and kind of like the drunken uncle. You don't really, he's in the family, so he has to be there, but I don't really know if I want him at my meeting. You know, like, it's like, that's what, that's what I grew up. That's what I grew up thought, thinking with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just being really real with you guys to help show you where I came from, okay? So the fact that I'm teaching on the Holy Spirit is hilarious right now because it's the, object, the opposite from where I came. So we, we think he's this mythical, weird thing, right? And often we, or we just glance over him. Sometimes we just say, or the limit of knowledge we have about him is that, well, he's the one who lives inside of us. Yay. You know, he's the one who convicts me. He makes me feel bad, right? And it's like, okay, come on. If you, that'd be such a bummer if the only thing you knew about me was, oh, Taylor, he's the guy that convicts me when I mess up. That's so much of the friendship is just wasted, right? Like, that's such a bummer. And so that is not just what the Holy Spirit does, okay? So uh, he's not a force. It's a relationship just like Jesus or just like the Father. 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Almost as if to tell us, we associate a lot of times grace with Jesus, the cross, his grace, what he bought for us. A lot of times we associate love with the father in the sense of for God so loved the world, he gave his son. So what should we associate the Holy Spirit with? Fellowship, friendship, connection, community. This word fellowship is this word koinonia, okay? And it means fellowship, association, community, communion, joint participation. It actually says the picture of someone giving you their right hand as a promise to say, I'm in this with you. That's what this word uh, actually means. The Holy Spirit is that promise that God's with you. He's the fellowship. He's the one when you feel God, you're feeling the Holy Spirit. When you feel his presence, when you hear God's voice, quote unquote, you're, you're hearing the Holy Spirit speak to you. That's who he is, right? And, and the Holy Spirit, he, he's the, the promised gift unto us. So Holy Spirit, I'm going to call him and Jesus and Father God a person. A lot of times when you say the word person, people get kind of messed up when they say the Holy Spirit's a person or the Father's a person. But person, the actual definition of a person, it says a self-conscious or a rational being. So something that is rational and self-conscious of itself is definition of person. So Jesus obviously was a person, but the father also is a person in that sense. So don't think person meaning body, because we know there's persons in heaven, but they don't have, their body is still on her, here on earth, right? The fact that we call it like my body, there's kind of, it shows it's a disconnect. It's not just me, right? I'm not just my body, right? Does that make sense? 
And so, so the person, don't tie it to body, person has, has emotions. They have a will. They have a heart. They have love, thoughts. Their heart can be broken. They can laugh. They can cry. And this is Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Did you know he can be grieved? He can be, how could some mythical force be grieved? He, his heart can break like a person. He has personality traits, Right? Uh, when you spend a, a lot of time with someone, you pick up character traits. A lot of times, there's, it was funny, I had people who didn't know Dom and I were best friends and grew up together, and they said, you remind me a lot of my friend from InterVarsity. And I said, cool. And when I went there to InterVarsity to visit, they said, yeah, you remind me a lot of this guy. And they pointed out Dominic. And I said, why is that? They said, I don't know. You just have certain characteristics you do that are really similar. And then another time they said it about my friend, George. These students were like, you remind me so much of my coach. And I said, who's your coach? I said, this guy named George, he's my coach at Tri-City, and they don't know that I went to kindergarten with him and lived with him like my whole life. And so when you spend time with people, you pick up personality traits with them, right? And so uh, there is personality traits of the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of spending time with him is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. We, 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 we act like they're gifts or, God, please just give me patience. But they're He's actually giving you his personality traits. Like he's giving you his patience, his love, his kindness, his gentleness, his goodness, his faithfulness. He's giving you pieces of him, his personality traits. By hanging out with dad, you act more like dad. The more you hang out with the Holy Spirit, the more patient you are because you're picking up his traits, right? And so he has these personality traits. Their description is of his personality. He's the most loving person. People say, how come people can laugh? when they feel the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit, then the second one on there is joy. Right? That means the Holy Spirit's really joyful. And sometimes when you're really, really filled with joy, you laugh. Right? And that's okay. Right? You can, I'm so joyful. <laughs> like, no, it, he's filled with joy. He's filled with peace. He's filled with kindness. He's filled with faithfulness, consistency. Like, that's our Holy Spirit. A lot of times people become more responsible the, the closer they get to the Holy Spirit. But sometimes they'll also get more free and more spontaneous because that's also the Holy Spirit, right? If you see someone who has a lot of fruits of the Spirit, it's actually probably because they spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit. So can I give you some of his background? You guys doing okay? You, you, you do, enjoying this? Cool. All right. I just wanted to break down all this stuff. So where is he in the Bible? Okay, he's all over the place. I used to think that he only showed up in the New Testament, right? Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came. That's what I thought, okay? Genesis 1 verse 2, okay? It says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The word for spirit is ruach. Everyone say ruach. Ruach. You got to put some phlegm in there. Okay. So that word means the word breath. And, it, and remember in John 20, verse 22, it says, then Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And it's Ruach, breath. It's a name for the Holy Spirit. Another one is Ruach. It also means wind. Remember when the Holy Spirit showed up like a mighty wind with the disciples? And that's what this word from verse two, what it meant, wind. 
Another word, check this out. This is crazy. It means a spirit given as a gift. So when God gave you your spirit, that's called Ruach. But remember how the Holy Spirit is called a gift given to you? Acts 2.38, Peter, he says, repent, each of you, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Spirit. It's the Ruach of God. That's his name, is the, 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 the Spirit of God. So he's in verse 2 of the Bible <laughs> is when we see his specific name get called out. All throughout the Bible, okay, we see him as the third person uh, of the triune God. He is co-equal, co-eternal, just as important. It's not like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like they're, they're equal together. They're God together, okay? And so he's uncreated, and we see him all throughout the Old Testament. He would temporarily come upon people uh, in the Old Testament. We see it Joshua in Numbers 27. We see it in Othniel in Judges 3.10, Gideon in Judges 6.34, Samson in Judges 13.25 and 14.6, Saul in 1 Samuel 10.9. These are all times when it says the Ruach, the Spirit of God, came onto somebody. There's even more. David declares this. He says, the spirit of the Lord, and he uses the same word, ruach, which is, means the Holy Spirit. He says, the spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. Ezekiel, he reports, he says, the spirit entered me when he spoke to me. David knows, check this out, Psalms 51:11. cast me not away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. David says, please don't let me lose the Holy Spirit. Second Chronicles 24, 20 says, the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah. And then in Zechariah 4, 6, it says, not by my might, not by my strength, but by my spirit. I'm telling you guys, he's all over the place. He is all over the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament. Every time you see the phrase, the spirit of God in the Old Testament and in the Bible, it's referring to the Holy Spirit. It's that word, the Ruach. And it's referring to the Holy Spirit. So, but the Old Testament, we would see he would come and then he would leave and he'd come, he'd leave. He'd like fall on people and then crazy stuff would happen, right? And then a lot of times he would leave. So there's always this temporary coming of the Holy Spirit, but it was prophesied that one day he would come and that he would stay with us. In Ezekiel 36, it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, it's the word ruach again. I will put my spirit within you. This is Old Testament, guys. And I'll cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful or, and careful to obey my rules. He's literally saying, there's going to be a day when the Holy Spirit is going to be inside of you. This was hundreds of years before the Holy Spirit comes in Pentecost. Okay, here we go. Matthew 3.11. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist, he was the last prophet of the Old Testament. He's kind of the bridge into the New Testament, like the last one of all. Jesus said he's the greatest prophet who ever lived, okay? He says this in Matthew 3.11, I, so John the Baptist, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who's coming after me, Jesus, is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. 
wow. A lot of times we see Jesus do things in scripture and it's easy for us to be like, oh, that's Jesus. So he, he could do that. Have you guys ever done that before? You see Jesus do stuff in the Bible and you're like, oh, he's, he's God. So I mean, of course he could do that. Of course he could walk on water, right? <laughs> he's God, right? You know, and we use that as such a cop-out answer to say, I don't need to do it because, well, he was God. So checkmate, you know, <laughs> like, like you, wait, no, no, Jesus, he really emptied himself. He was God in the flesh, but he made himself completely dependent upon the Father and completely dependent upon the Holy Spirit to guide him. And so we see gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing through him. We see moments where he's led by the Holy Spirit. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. He, he doesn't be like, oh, I'm God, so I'm going to do this now. He, he, he wanted to show us not just that he died for us, but also he lived for 30 years to show us how to live, to be an example of a people that are completely dependent upon the Spirit of God. And so how, how could he tell you to be dependent on the Holy Spirit? Be like, but I, I don't, I'm God, so I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it right? He, he tried to actually show you, and I don't know exactly how it works. This is the mystery of God. Somehow, Jesus being God allowed himself to be led by the Spirit, God. I don't know how that works, but he made himself fully man and showed what it was like to be fully led by the Spirit. And so we see in Matthew 3.16, it says, after his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God, once again, that the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and settling on him. Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit. Isn't that crazy? It says he relied on the Holy Spirit for guidance. Luke 4, 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So Jesus didn't even say, I'm going to lead myself. I'm God. I'm going to do it. He, 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 he submitted himself to follow the Holy Spirit, to show you that we follow the Holy Spirit. He, he relies on the Holy Spirit for power. A lot of times you say, how did Jesus heal people? Well, he's Jesus, so he just did it. He's God, right? And yet he says, no, he, he actually, yes, he's the son of God, right? And in the name of Jesus, people get healed. Of course, there's power in his name, he's God. But he shows us the gifts flowing through in the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, 38, it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Even casting out demons, Matthew 12, 28 says, Jesus says, but if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. He says that the way you know the kingdom of God is here is that the Holy Spirit is flowing through you and casting out demons. This is Jesus's words, you know? And, and uh, Jesus was completely dependent on his Father and the Holy Spirit to survive. And he intimately knew him. And we have to know him also, guys. John 16, 7, Jesus says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus said, it's better for me to go. The, the greater glory is that the Holy Spirit would come than me just stay here. If Jesus told me that, I would, it'd be the few times when I would tell him he's wrong. <laughs> because if Jesus, if you went through the whole gospel with Jesus and he looked you in the face and said, it's actually way better if I leave you now. I'd be like, no, it's not. 
you did that for three days and everything fell apart. Like, that's not, like, no, no, I lost everything and you were only gone three days. I don't want you to leave for good. No way. And he says, actually, it's better that I go so I can send the Holy Spirit to you. This is so much more than, well, he, he makes me feel bad when I sin. <laughs> this is so much more than that. Warm, fuzzy feeling. It's so much more than that, guys. We have to know him. Jesus wanted us to know him the way he knew him, the way he knows him currently. <laughs> so who is the Holy Spirit for us? You know what he's doing all right? Is this okay? I know this is much more teacher, a million Bible verses. Just really want to give you the context so that when you see next week, when people are like getting knocked out in the spirit and falling over and it's going to be awesome and wild, you're going to be like, oh, we learned a million Bible verses about this guy. He's good. He's safe. He's God. You know, he's really good. If it's the Holy Spirit, it's good. And I want it in my life. You know, like that, if it's God, it's good. Okay. So who is he for us? Well, he's the helper. John 14 verse 15. He says, Jesus says, if you love me, you, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus, the Holy Spirit's gonna be in you. We know for us, he's a gift giver. First Corinthians 12, seven, it, all the gifts, the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, miracles, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All of these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's crazy that we're so freaked out by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If your best friend wanted to give you gifts, it's usually not something to hurt you or freak you out. It's something to bless you and to love you, right? And yet we're so terrified of the gifts of the Holy Spirit a lot of times because they seem creepy and weird and off, right? But, but if it's really the person who loves you, really the person who's in you, why would he give you a gift to hurt you? Why would he give you a gift to, to mess you up? Why would he give you a gift? To, it's a good thing, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You should earnestly desire all the gifts of the Spirit. They're gifts from God for someone who loves you. Uh, he's our interpreter, it says in Romans 8, 26, that the spirit helps us in our weakness for we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Have you guys ever had that? Where you are like, I don't even know what to pray right now. I'm so overwhelmed, okay? It says this, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. He says, when you have a groaning inside of you that's too deep for words, you don't even know what to say. The Holy Spirit translates it in your heart and turns it into a prayer to God. He actually intercedes with you for you, interprets what you're trying to say, and you just don't know what to say, right? He's the guy who does it. He's your guide. In John 16, 12, it says, I still, Jesus says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He's the power of God. Acts 1, 8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. We hear that. We call it the Great Commission. You're going to be my witnesses, right, in all these places. And we leave out the first part where he says, don't go until you've received the power of the Holy Spirit. So often I've met missionaries. They've gone to Judea, Samaria, and the other ends of the earth, and they didn't do the first part. And they're dying out there. They need the power of the Holy Spirit to fill them up so they can go, okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 4, uh, Paul says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words uh, of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of God, or in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. He's the power of God. He's so much more than a convicting feeling. 
So how do we receive him? Well, the Bible tells us clearly in Acts 2.38 that the minute you gave the minute you gave your heart to Jesus, he, he filled you. Don't worry. If you're a Christian, if you confess Jesus Lord, you already have the Holy Spirit inside of you. I'm not one who says you can be saved and not have the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's just, that's not in the Bible. The minute you got saved, he filled you. But you can stir it up and you can ask for more. And you can, you can acknowledge him. You can, it's not like he's just in there locked away and you just ignore him. It's different when you fully open up to him. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you say, Holy Spirit, completely wash over me, completely baptize me, anything that uh, I'm blocking from you, completely undo it, completely open me up. I don't want to just be saved and know that you're inside me. I, I, want, I want to completely follow you. I want your, your, to follow your power. I want to follow your guidance. I want it like Jesus to be led by you, right? That's, like the, that's really the difference. And so when he ministers to you, a lot of times he'll feel differently, just practically breaking it down. Sometimes you'll feel a warmth. Sometimes it's like a fire. I had one guy I prayed for, for the Holy Spirit to really come in his life. <clears throat> he fell on the ground and he was sweating profusely. And he said, I feel like I'm on fire right now. You know, and the other guy I prayed for, he kind of acted sleepy and he laid on the ground and he said, I feel like I'm on a nice warm beach and it's so beautiful. And the guy over here started screaming, how come he gets the beach and I get fire, <laughs> right? Because he's like, how come, how come he has the peace and I have the fire? Like, what? And I'm like, I don't know, but more of both, <laughs> right? I don't know how he's going to come for each person. He comes different sometimes, right? Sometimes it feels like a wind. Sometimes you just get an impression. Sometimes you feel his weighty presence. Sometimes you don't feel a thing. You just have a peace or just a knowing in your knower that he's there, right? Like sometimes it looks different and they're totally all valid. So don't compare and be like, he's more spiritual because he's got the fire and I just have the knower, you know, and like there's, there's different levels of encountering him, but, but he wants to encounter you in different ways all the time. Don't assume just because he encountered you one way, he's going to do that every time. I've, I've met him in so many ways. I've had the fire, electricity, water, but I've most of the time I've just kind of known and I had joy in my heart. You know, I've had the laughter. I've had a lot of crying. I've had all these different things, uh, but it was over the course of 10 years, you know, and it, it wasn't like I assumed he had to be a certain way every time. Every time I just got up, I said, Holy Spirit, I just want you more now. And so we want to take with the time we have left, and if you need to go whenever, go for it, but I just want to invite him to come. I wanted to give you a lot of scripture so that you know he's safe, so you know he's good. Some of you are already really familiar, and you're like, I don't need the scripture, I'm good, but like, it's important to learn it so you can help explain it to other people and have a grounding for your faith. It's really important, guys. Being someone who's asking about the Holy Spirit, it's so frustrating to just hear, I don't know, it just happens, it's good. You know, it's really frustrating. I want to, well, where is it in the Bible? I don't know, you just got to have faith, brother. You know, it's like, it's really hard, right? And so you got to know it to help other people. Even if you're not as much of a Bible person, you need to know your faith. And then for those who've never encountered the Holy Spirit, you need to know the Bible because it creates a safety net for you to know that it's okay to encounter him and look at all through the scripture where he was. You know, you're going to be safe. If it's God, it's good and you want it in your life. So we're going to take a moment. We're, gonna, we're just going to pray. And, and I really believe that if this is valid, <laughs> Holy Spirit backs us up. It's his word, not mine. So we want to take a moment to ask for him to come. And so we've done a lot of head knowledge, so let's try to transfer to our hearts right now. And so everyone just, yeah, just close your eyes and put out your hands. 
just as a way of nothing special, just as a way of saying, hey, how do you receive a gift? You usually open your hands a lot of times. The Holy Spirit's a gift. Holy Spirit, come right now. Ruach of God, breath of God, Spirit of God. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast. Be sure to visit us at summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church. Sweet,